0: Hey, everyone. Welcome back to the Building Efficiency Podcast presented by Nenny & Associates. I'm your host, Jim Schaefer. Now, if this is your first time tuning in, Nenny & Associates is an executive search firm focused on the building efficiency industry, hence why we named the podcast the way that we did. And simply put, we help our clients find the right talent. And each week, we sit down with leaders from the industry to discuss their backgrounds, how they got started, and where they see the industry heading. We also get to know our guests and find out what drives them to be successful. So on today's episode, episode 24 with Tom Bowen, he's the CEO of North American Roofing. Really enjoyed the time with Tom, hearing about how he got started in the industry and how his company is positioned today in the market. It was a really cool episode. Tom is just filled with passion for what he's doing today. And I think everyone who listens to this is going to get some sort of value out of it. You'll also want to stick around until the end to hear Tom's advice that he'd give to his 22-year-old self. Now, if you haven't done so already, be sure to subscribe to our channel, and if you enjoyed this episode, please share it and leave a five-star review. Now, we think you're gonna really enjoy this episode with Tom, so let's drop in. All right, everyone, welcome back to the Building Efficiency Podcast. Today, we're sitting down with Tom Bowen, who is the CEO of North American Roofing. Tom, welcome to the show. Hey, Jim, thanks. I really
1: appreciate you giving me the opportunity to be here.
0: Yeah, of course. Of course. We were uh, we were talking before we hit record that, uh, so you're in Southern California and you're, you're seeing some fires out your window,
1: is that right? Yeah, it's uh, pretty active right now. We've been fortunate a lot of the fires have stayed north of us throughout this fire season, but this last couple of days, we've been hit pretty good. So, uh, thoughts and prayers go out to the firemen out there and, uh, doing their jobs, uh, while, uh, they're busy today and then probably for the remainder of the week. Yeah, absolutely. Well, uh, we'll stay, stay safe out there. No, thanks.
0: So I know you've been in the industry for a long time. I'm sure a lot of our audience are going know to the, know the name, but for our, our audience, our listeners out there who don't know who you are, Tom, can you tell us a
1: little bit about your background, how you got started? Sure. Um, you know, I've been in the HVAC and energy industry since 1990. I um, actually started a little bit differently out of college. Um, some of those folks that know me for a while I might not know. But uh, right out of college, I actually started working for a paper products company. Um, and, uh, had the opportunity to shift over to Honeywell and sell HVAC maintenance. And so had that not happened, Jim, I might've gone down the path of Dundler Mifflin. And, uh, <laughs> um, uh, had, to, had I had the managerial fortitude, maybe I could have been Michael Scott in the day, but, uh, uh first um,
0: office they... reference on the podcast. And I'm really glad it came.
1: I'm a big fan <laughs> well, of that show. Honored to be the first, uh, then, yeah. Jim. but, That's uh, awesome. Uh, but did start in the industry um, in HVAC maintenance sales and and progressed at the time. Um, Energy services was relatively new and was trained and developed by Honeywell at that time um, and expanded into selling those type of solutions. Um, from there, went and, and managed the teams that put those solutions together. And ultimately, throughout the course of my career, I was given the opportunity to, to direct the strategy in those solutions initially through Honeywell and then through some additional organizations um, that I've been involved with. All throughout that time, um, partnering with NASCO. Um, NASCO has been a pivotal part of each of the ESCOs um, that I've been fortunate enough to work with um, and, and really represents the talent that we see in the industry. I've been fortunate to work with some extremely talented men and women throughout the course of my career that have really helped develop and train me for the opportunities that I've had.
0: Oh, that's that's excellent. So you've had a you had a good run, and obviously uh, made a, a slight pivot in your career here with North American Roofing. So um, just curious, could you walk us through how you made that transition, and just kind of like what you guys are up to here today, and how you're going to market?
1: Yeah, sure. And so the opportunity was presented a little bit over a year ago um, at North American Roofing. That roofing is not, in my experience, although as those of us that have worked in the ESCO industry know that. Roofing is peripheral to a lot of the work that we do. Um, and this was an organization that was looking at growing and expanding um, in areas that I was familiar with, um, expanding in the service nature of their business, um, and expanding into partnerships outside of just the end use customers. And so it's an exciting opportunity for me to take the skill set um, and experience that I've had over the years and transfer it over into an industry that I think will also stay consistent and connected to the energy services industry. Uh, North American is a a national footprint commercial roofing um, organization. Um, We service clients across the country that are really looking for that full scope of capabilities to service their entire portfolio of of roofing. Um, And we get the privilege of protecting not only their roofs, but they're assets that are underneath those roofs. And that's a pivotal part of our business model.
0: And the national footprint that you referenced there, that's uh, that's rare, right? When I think about roofing contractors, even the commercial side, you think regional, local players. So, I mean, is, is that
1: typical on the national scope? You know, we are unique there. There are national contractors, um, but uh, we feel like our full service of capabilities from the ability to focus on new construction, re-roof, service, and then alternative solutions that our customers are really driving us towards in the market today, Jim, makes us pretty unique as we go to to market um, today. Um, We do have strong regional presence throughout the country. It gives us the ability to be competitive um, when we are up against regional players, but we are unique in the ability to work with a national client or a national partner, for that matter, in, in focusing on their full portfolio of assets.
0: Yeah, I can certainly see the the value there and you mentioned NASCO, which has been a common theme on our podcast and just for anyone who doesn't know, it's the National Association of Energy Services Companies and I think when you look at a lot of the members, you see obviously the tier 1ESCOs that are doing the energy performance contracts and then you have the affiliates, right? The subcontractors, Correct. you got lighting, you got water, you got building envelope and I think what you guys are doing it seems like you fill a void there on the roofing side, right? I haven't seen a whole lot of you know, other trades or subcontractors that kind of fit that discipline and what you guys are bringing to the table. So was that part of the thought process of joining the organization or was it just like, hey, I've, I've, I'm familiar with I've, I've known NASCO for a long time. I've got a lot of contacts there. So to me, it just seemed like a nice compliment.
1: Yeah, obviously it was easy to stay involved throughout the course of my career. Really for the last 20 years, I've been active with NASCO. Um, And so I know a lot of the folks there, I know the capabilities of the organization and, and really the value that it brings both to the energy services providers and affiliates, but then the end users as well. But as you pointed out, Jim, it did feel like there, as I looked at the growth of the energy services bundle, and I saw more and more partners were pulling in additional services um, pulling in additional funding sources that were allowing more capital projects to be included in these building envelope and obviously roofing as part of that became a real opportunity for us. And so we were proud to be the first affiliate coming from the roofing industry. Um, we've had great connectivity with our partners so far, both the other affiliates and clearly the energy services providers. And and our goal, along with servicing our customer set, is to provide as much value for our energy services partners as we can. The same model that allows us to work very effectively with national account clients um, working in um, any region within the country based and being a single source provider for them really is applicable to the energy services providers as well, as we understand that they, in many cases, have a very diverse footprint geographically um, and need capable partners that can service that.
0: Yeah, especially if you look at some of the, the larger ESCOs out there who do have a national footprint, right? It seems like that would make that would make perfect sense to uh, to partner with them. So um, no, that's that's good stuff there. So as we hover around, as you look at the industry, Tom, I know from your perspective, just the background that you have, and then where you're sitting here today with North American Roofing, what trends, what do you see as far as like the future of the industry project out five, 10 years or so? Where do you see the industry heading?
1: Well, I think right now we're in a short-term kind of an unusual time frame as the industry is reacting to the customers' needs. Right. Our short-term initiatives are are really focused on the service side, as as customers are concerned about capital. Um, they're wondering if they should be spending and investing right now. Obviously, um, roofing is an essential business, um, and the need for roofing leaks don't go away just because capital dollars go away. Um, but we are seeing our clients focused a little bit more on the service side and we're very well positioned to provide um, services for them in that area. Also, we're seeing a real trend towards accreditation within the roofing industry as as there's been a really focus um, through our um, national association to improve the accreditation requirements within the industry. I think that's important. I think it allows customers to feel comfortable that they're getting good value, they're getting good service, there, there are certain standards Um, that are upheld within the roofing industry. We obviously support that very much um, as we look at um, our growth and uh, as we expand our business, both with our energy service partners, as well as uh, our end users. Um, The other thing, Jim, I would say is that we are seeing much more of a push for looking at the entire building asset. Our clients are, when we talk about things like... sustainability. We talk about resiliency terms that the energy services industry is familiar with. And we're really seeing a trend for our clients that are looking at not only their full portfolio of assets, but they're looking at that building and that roof um, as an invested asset and and looking for ways to expand the life of that asset. And so they're, they're looking for solutions beyond just how much will it cost me? To replace my roof, but but how do I get the most for the investment that I've made in my building and my roof, and and very critically protect the assets um, that are underneath that roof?
0: You know, one of the the common themes that we're hearing just just in the market, especially at like the, the subcontractor level, right? The contractors that are actually doing the work, doing the installation, whether it's the the lighting companies or the water companies, is the shortage of like labor, right? Skilled sure. labor. So I I guess I'd I'd be curious to hear your perspective, not only, you know, what you guys are seeing today right now, and then maybe where you see that, you know, to pull out the crystal ball here, look into the future. Is there anything that you guys are seeing or doing today in order to position yourselves to
1: to really make sure that we still have skilled labor, you know, in, in the future? Sure. That, you know, that was an issue as I worked within the HVAC and the energy services and certainly didn't avoid it coming into the roofing industry as well. Um, as we just continue to see a shortage of skilled labor, we're uh, we're not unique from that perspective. You know, a big part of that for us is the development of the internal resources that we have, and looking at training and the different sources that we can use to hire. Um, but at the same time, you know, we work with a number of field partners, Jim, um, as part of our network, and so we look to outsource some of that labor, and and we have responsibilities to those organizations as well to ensure that they're, um, they're positioned well within a contractual agreement with us, that they have uh, the access to good insurance, and we're helping expand that network um, for those partners to ensure that we have good, credible um, labor available to us. Um, it will be a challenge. It's recognized by the roofing industry across the board, and so a lot of the focus on accreditation and the improvements are made is, is really made to help elevate that trade um, and allow for better recruitment into the market.
0: Right. Yeah, I've I've heard other you know companies just look at it like positioning this this trade this discipline a little bit differently than maybe it was looked at previously, and then yeah, changing the way that you're recruiting uh, some of these individuals. So no, I think that uh, that absolutely makes sense. So last part of the show here, Tom. Same four questions that I asked every guest who
1: comes on. Curious, what are your daily non-negotiables? Daily non-negotiables for me. Well, um, good question. I guess it starts with the Dan Patrick show on the drive-in, right? Oh, Everybody's yeah. got some sort of a ritual. I like uh, his but style. They, uh, but they look. But, uh, you know, for me, um, you know, especially during this pandemic, Jim, it's been challenging for us to to connect sometimes organizationally and and for me in particular, being remote. And so one of the things, although not specific to the pandemic, but one of the things that's always been, Um, a a non-negotiable for me is just making sure that I'm having good connectivity with employees on a regular basis. Um, And as part of that, you know, we're all um, challenged with uh, both business and personal challenges this year. So I really make it a a point to try to find a way to encourage people uh, organizationally within the organization on a daily basis. Um, I know that it's important for me to, uh, as I go through the day, to to feel some source of encouragement, um, be it from other employees, from customers along those lines. And and to me, it's it's really a a focus of mine to make sure that while we're pressing, while we're stressed for business, that we are taking the time to make sure that we're encouraging each other. Um, Organizationally, we also have a a focus on what we say is let's make sure we identify that weakest link. Um, And that could be a process, it could be anything within the organization. And I try to make sure on a daily basis, Jim, that I'm that I'm focusing some of my time on what I view as the weakest link. That could be in in my approach um, to the process. It could be in the organization's approach to a process. Um, but that's a focus for me on every day.
0: More important now than ever, huh? And it just Correct. just kind of shores up what you were already affirms, which you were already uh, approaching it with. So, um, absolutely. Yeah, so let's rewind the clock a few years, Tom. What advice would you give to your 22-year-old self?
1: Uh, well, that's a more than a few years, Jim, but, <laughs> but I appreciate that. <laughs> um, you know, if I look back at, and, and I was probably a lot like a lot of 22-year-olds, very ambitious, um, you don't know what you don't know. Um, and I looked at sort of a career trajectory um, and had goals for myself. And I, I think the advice that I would give myself now would be to take the time and really build on the foundation. The premise of a career ladder isn't really what it was 20, 30 years ago. And I think it, it takes, and it's important for all employees, all individuals to find ways to, to broaden their foundation, build out as opposed to up. Um, and I think will create a lot more opportunities for you. So allows you to make your own way within your career path, within your organization. Um, but I wish I had taken some time maybe to broaden and expand in uh, that foundation um, when I was still um, in my 20s. Yeah,
0: that's, that's great advice. And um, I'm sure there's a lot of people listening to this that are going to download it and send it to their their son or their daughter or someone that's graduating from school, a niece or nephew. That's probably that good advice that, uh, that everybody should be hearing right now. So
1: Tom, I'm curious, what, uh, what motivates you? What gets you out of bed in the morning? Um, well, for me, um, and this is part of what was so attractive to coming to North American Roofing is is I like to build teams. It was a really experienced, solid team here. Um, there's a tremendous amount of roofing knowledge that we can provide to our clients and our Esco partners um, within our organization. Um, and for me, it was motivating to come in and enhance the team. That's uh, I learned that a long time ago, Jim, is that Um, expanding and really developing the team around you is the fastest path to success, as opposed to to learning to relinquish some of the things that you might want to do or take responsibility for yourself, um, expanding that team. So I I, I get really motivated to the opportunity to build and enhance teams. Um, And I think we have a great one here. Um, I'm learning from them. They're enhancing me as well um, as we go through. But finding things to improve, as I talked about focusing on that weakest link, I really um, get motivated by that process improvement and building and and developing the teams.
0: And last question here: What do you want your lasting legacy to be? Um,
1: Boy, that's a pretty big, broad question. I said the easiest one for last, easiest question. Exactly. Okay. Um, Well, obviously, uh, you know, coming up in this industry and and the amount of talent you you're aware of the talent that's in this industry, you know, it's competitive. I'm a competitive person as well, Jim, and so. I like to succeed, um, I like to measure my performance against others just like other, anybody else would. Um, and so obviously the success component um, is big within that. Um, but I think more importantly, um, my father used to have an expression and he said there were the three most important things to remember in the world. The first is to be kind, the second is to be kind, and the third is to be kind. Um, And so I'd like if if I looked at it from a legacy perspective, I'd like to think that I met those those challenges for success um, and achieved what I set out to achieve. But I didn't compromise things as part of those achievements, um, that I didn't compromise integrity, that I did take the time to work with people, develop and that that I was kind when there was opportunities to be kind um, and uh, and was remembered that way. I think that would be important to me. Uh,
0: that's, that's good stuff. And I think that's the perfect way to wrap up the show here. So, Tom, thanks for the time. Thanks for coming on the Building Efficiency Podcast. Jim, thanks so much. Really appreciate it. Yeah, you got it. All right, there you have it. Episode 24 with Tom Bowen. I hope everyone enjoyed this episode as much as I did. And if you did enjoy it, please be sure to subscribe to our channel wherever you enjoy listening to your favorite podcast. We hope you're sharing this with your friends and colleagues as well. And one last thing, if you have ideas for future guests from the industry, please reach out to me. We'd love to hear from you loyal listeners. So until next time, I'm Jim Schaefer, and we'll catch you on the next episode.